Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 42 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching the finale of Cowboy Bebop called The Real Folk Blues. Oh man. Uh, It's really hard to come up with something funny here because this is like... It's not funny. It's it's not funny. It's like... It's like... The loss of a, of a dear friend that you're having. Oh, uh, yeah. Here we <sighs> lay to rest Cowboy Bebop, the show that I miss on television from a childhood. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, well. Hey, hey guys. Here we are. <laughs> It's uh, it's, it's the end of an era. I mean, this is not the first show we're having cycle out. It's uh, our second show that is ending on our show. But uh, it is the first show that we ever covered back in episode one, way back when we were doing this together in person on my couch in Chicago. And this all fucking yeah, started. Now I'm yeah. in California and you're in Portland and uh, we're no longer friends, of course. Um yeah. Everything has changed, and now we don't even have Cowboy Bebop anymore. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> um, so, so a couple of things uh, before we get going. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes before we get into these very influential and important. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you had that. to remind me of another <laughs> another legend that left us, which is Chris Farley. Yeah. Oh my God, Blake. You're the worst person in the world. You're welcome. Um, anyways, um, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, so Blake and I have been talking and tallying the votes. Uh, there were a, a whole, uh, I think, like 10 to count um, of uh, our next show that we are yeah. going to be covering. Almost um, everybody voted we... for something different as well, which makes our jobs harder rather than easier. <laughs> Yeah, so we have been telling those up. Um, we have about one more week of voting before we uh, make the decision and pull the trigger. Um, so we are going to be announcing that in next week's episode, um, maybe the week after that. I'm not 100% sure yet. It's going to um, be soon. But we're going to be announcing very soon. So um, vote in this episode for sure if you have anything else that you want to come up. I know I've had a couple of people voting for Fooly Cooly, um, which is pretty sweet because it's only like a, a you know a six episode long show, so that would be over really really quickly again, and then we would get to yeah. watch another new anime as well. So, so that if, means if that's your if jam, you're not voting for yeah. Fooly Cooly, you should keep voting because we're going to need those votes quickly if Fooly Cooly <laughs> wins. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so uh, uh, remember to get those in for us. Um, other things that are happening this week, by the time you are listening to this episode, you will, uh, well, if you're listening to this show, you probably will have already seen Infinity Wars. Um, Ooh, it, is, yes. uh, thir- it is Thursday for us. Uh-huh. We have not seen the the, um, the movie yet. Um, I guess I technically you I'm can. It. If you live in like a city that does like a Wednesday night release, I, like if I was still in Chicago, I could have seen it already. But, is that a thing? Yeah, Did they yeah. release it in Chicago already um, on Wednesday? Well, I know when Jurassic World came out last year, I went to see it on, on a Wednesday. Um, oh, man. And then That's also so again on a Thursday, and then I think again on a Friday. 
I saw it like three times in a row. It was, I, I, I really remember. I still World. remember going to see this with Blake and looking over and just seeing him crying next yeah. to me while watching the opening of Jurassic World. <laughs> it's awesome. I love Jurassic Park, and I I know a lot of people didn't like Jurassic World, but I fucking love it. Dinosaurs are the shit. I will be there with bells on for the new Jurassic World, and I will fight you. Okay. Um, anyways, um, so, uh, be aware, um, we, we might, uh, fanboy out a little bit next week, uh, talking about what's going on on that. Cause I'm Um, definitely uh, not going to talk to you at all until then. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, the biggest things that I, I would say, um, are coming out around this and ironically, it's inside of the Marvel Universe that I, I want to talk about it, too. And I know that, like, this is an anime podcast and we're supposed to be talking about, like, anime news on top of here. But, like, if you're American and you're listening to an anime podcast, I I, I would venture to bet that like... you also like comic books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I read you've a never heard review of on Infinity War that it's apparently the most comic booky of all the MCU movies so far. And they think yeah. that that's a good thing. So uh, it sounds like a good thing to me, too. And I'm pumped. Yeah. And I will say, if if you are super interested in that, uh, but not super interested in um, in other things that might be happening instead of the MCU, um, namely Venom, maybe you should have a conversation with me on uh, Reddit. Um, because I have some opinions on that trailer. There's a new Venom trailer that came out, and I didn't watch it yet. It Is looks, that the one you're talking about? It looks, it looks not good. Hmm. It looks very much like uh, these actiony bullshit um, comic book movies that I thought we were, you know, were over with already. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, think except for you know Marvel, the whole DC universe. Yeah, because <laughs> Marvel has demonstrated that they know what they're doing and they have a measured hand. And everybody yeah. else has not. Um, yeah, but Sony still fucking has hold of of uh, of uh, Venom. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of, of Spider-Man... Yet. Like, I think they have a hold over, like, basically everything that's Spider-Man except Spider-Man himself, who they have a joint hold over. They're doing a tug-of-war. Yeah. Because um, I just yeah. watched Spider-Man Homecoming last week. I've been doing an MCU marathon with, uh, with my fiancé. And so we watched... Uh, Spider-Man last night and it's so good but like also it opens up in a completely different way like most Marvel movies open up either with a cold open which is where you just um, start or they open up with the Marvel um, the Marvel intro either the flipping comic book pages or the new one that has MCU images Um, and Spider-Man opens with studio names like Sony and then there's a couple of other studios none of which are Marvel. Yeah. And then like you get your opening like s- shots where the vulture sort of um, is born. And then, then it does the Marvel opening. It was like, it was so noticeable having watched all the other ones so closely in time that it was like, what is this a Marvel movie? It was weird. I honestly yeah, like, I, hope, I, hope I don't, Venom doesn't suck. I don't give a shit what studio owns which property as long as what they put out is good. But I do think that Marvel has been super consistent and I don't think mm-hmm. that other studios have been. And uh, so, I, you know, I just want to watch fucking Mad Max be Venom and it be good. Yeah, oh, man. Tom Hardy, don't let me down. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, 
we did come here uh, to talk about the loss of our dear friend, uh, oh, Cowboy Bebop, um, and his crew. <sighs> These um, are some great episodes, uh, too. I know we always yeah. say that about Cowboy Bebop, and it's always true, but it's also still true here. So, Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and jump in um, and do our very last uh, recap of what's happened on the previous episodes. Yeah, so what you need to know is we have, uh, so Cowboy Bebop is like a sci-fi space western set in the future. Um, It stars Spike, who's a tall guy with kind of crazy hair, I guess. And it's like shaggy hair. I don't know. I'm doing a terrible job. He looks like Lupin the Third. So if you know that, I, I can't do it this week. Just you do it. <laughs> too, I'm too toe okay. up. So um, while Blake is being toe up from the flow up, um, <laughs> uh, we we have our characters. Um, uh, four of them are very important in this episode. Uh, two of them are not in this episode at all. Um, we no longer have Ayn the dog on the show. We no longer have uh, Ed the crazy hacker on the show. Um, our four main characters in this, actually five, um, yeah. but we'll, we'll meet one of them a little bit later. Like sort um, of a new character, kind of in a way. Yeah, so our three leads are going to be Spike Spiegel, um, Faye Valentine, and um, Jet Black. Um, every time I say his last time, I'm just like, nah, you're you're smart. It's um, dumb anyways. and cool, and it cool wins. Yeah, um, and uh, Spike and uh, Spike, Jet, and Faye are all bounty hunters. They all do it in a little bit of a different way, um, and they ride around uh, inside of their main ship, which is called the Bebop. Um, they have broken away from each other in the previous couple of episodes. Um, most notably, uh, uh, Faye has broken away from them because she had a stark remembrance to her past. Um, and she hasn't really come to terms with what she is doing with her life in this, um, current iteration. Um, Spike and Jet are just kind of fucking around. Um, and also talking about how they, um don't really need, you know, women and children on their ship anymore. And, uh, how they were working beforehand was working until they had a woman and a child and a dog on the ship. Um, so that's where we are going to pick up. Um, and the very first thing that happens is with our fourth main character, um, that's going to be inside of these episodes, um, which is going to be a flashback with a character named Julia. Who, so far, we have only seen in flashbacks, with maybe, like, one exception. Um, Julia is Spike's lost love. And it's a little unclear whether or not she has died in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think that we see her or see strong evidence that she's still around at some point in one of the previous episodes, but... It's been long enough that I don't remember exactly if that's true or not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Jupiter Jazz. They talk about Julia. Okay. So um, yeah. other than that, she's just kind of this ghost that's haunting Spike's memories. Um, they yeah. clearly had a special relationship. They seem... I don't know if it's explicitly confirmed until this episode, but um, it's pretty obvious that they had a romantic connection. Um, he's really hung up on her and, um, 
So she's very important to the past, but we've not actually been able to meet her and interact with her as a character until these episodes. Yeah. So this one starts out with Julia coming home and you hear a voiceover on, um, that is talking about, um, it's not a voiceover. It's an answering machine. An answering machine is, so you know how you have a cell phone. People used (laughs) to have larger versions. VHS. (laughs) Yes. People used to have larger versions of cell phones in their houses attached to the wall. Sometimes even attached to that wall mount with a cord. This was just a phone, not like a cell phone. It was called a phone or a telephone. And you usually had like one or two per household. And nobody had cell phones. They just had their house phone. And if you weren't at home, you couldn't get in touch with anybody. It was a dark era. And so people, since you couldn't be found... uh, if you weren't at home, they had these things called answering machines, which would connect to your telephone. And if it rang enough and nobody picked it up, you would get this message on your answering machine. It's the same as leaving a voicemail, except it's a physical machine. And it would have a light that would blink to tell you if somebody's left you a message, which is what happens in this scene. Yeah. So Julia is being told uh, by one of her um, her informants that uh, there is a coup that is about to take place um, in this major syndicate that Spike, uh, Julia, and Vicious, um, our fifth main character on this episode, or these last two episodes, um, they were all a part of, called the Red yeah. Dragon. Um, they, they usually the call it the syndicate throughout the series, and we will have yeah. used that terminology as well, but it is called the Red Dragon, so we might flip back and forth, but we're we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So the Red Dragon is run by three elders. Uh, these three elders are, um, well, I assume that they're triplets. Uh, they speak in unison and they're they're really weird. And I feel like and they seem Halo, to have like a hive mind. I feel like Halo pulled from this a little bit because I don't know if you remember playing Halo 2, but like, and they're in the third one as well, but there's like the Covenant or like this alien group of races that have been pulled together through religious ideology and they're the they're the villains uh more or less throughout the series um i don't know about the new ones but the first three at least and uh they have these these like leaders that are their religious leaders called the prophets and they remind me a lot of just like alien versions of these dudes they're sort of like little froggy guys with big hats and uh, the ones in halo float around on little hover portals. I don't remember if these guys do it as well because they're always sitting. Yeah. So um, they um, they have been informed that this coup is about to take place um, before Vicious gets there to complete this coup. The other thing that starts happening is uh, a person kicks open the door to what we assume is Julia's apartment, and uh, they start just immediately shooting um, you see that they don't hit anything because Julia was tipped off and she escaped. Um, the elders are then talking to Vicious, um, whose coup has been turned over by the elders. And they said, it's a very stupid thing that you've done, Vicious. Vicious is like, why don't you just kill me if you know that you're going to kill me anyways? And they say instead to teach him humility, they're just going to put him into, um, what is it? They call it the chamber. Um, yeah, they're going to put him in jail. what he... Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna basically torture him until he um, 
until he knows uh, what he has done is, you know, learned humility, and then they're going to kill him after that. Um, his bird flies off to be a complete dick. By the way, Vicious has a big bird that he carries yeah. on his shoulder a lot. It's like That's a, important later it's on. It's like a <laughs> mutant alien crow kind of thing. Like, it's like a crow, but it's real big, and it has, like, anime feathers sticking out. Um, yeah. It's always with him riding on his shoulder. I honestly, I was sitting there, and I was like, it's... It's a huge oversight on their part that they don't immediately attack and attempt to kill the crow. Like, it might have escaped yeah. anyway, but they literally just straight up, like, ignore it. And that's a that's on them. Like, they should know better. Well, when it, like, when it, like, screams and flies up, they, like, all uh-huh. pull out their guns for a second. <gasps> and they're like, oh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's just it's that a big, bird. giant, terrible yeah. crow. Um, and so, so then we get the opening uh, credits, and we find out that this is going to be a two-parter. It's called Real Folk Blues. Um, that is going to be our last two episodes of Cowboy Bebop, um, yeah. named greatly after uh, the the very the last music. theme song of the show. Yeah, the outro music for all of the episodes except, like, two of them, one of them being the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... We open up with our heroes, Jet and Spike. They're at a bar and drinking. Jet is kind of going on and on. So Jet has this thing that's pretty adorable where he really transparently cares a lot about everyone. But when they wrong him or when they abandon him, he will go on and on about how he doesn't need them and how they're not good for him. So he's doing exactly that, bitching about um, Faye and Ed and I'm leaving and talking about how they really never had issues before they showed up. And it's sort of good riddance. Um, And then they both notice that there is someone outside the bar and they dive out of the way just in time to not get shot. Uh, They do not give the courtesy to the bartender to let him know to dive. So he (laughs) gets fucking marked. Yeah, I was like, y'all could have said something. (laughs) For fucking real. Also, they have like spidey senses on it. They like like, both move at the same time. And the bartender Uh, has like this moment where he's just like, why did they? Oh, God. And he's just being he's shot. Dead. Uh, so, I mean, it happened so fast, they probably couldn't have saved him, but like, that's cold. So, the bar gets shot up. They get into a, a firefight. Um, they dive behind the bar to get away from it, and there's some cool back and forth in the action sequence. Um, eventually, they're being flanked. Jet gets shot in the leg, um, and it looks like they're about to be taken out, but then a a character that looks like a familiar character shows up. Um, it turns out that he is not a familiar character. The character we thought he was is Lynn, who is a relatively minor character that shows up in Jupiter Jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want to learn about him, go listen to our episode about Jupiter Jazz. It is called Jupiter Jazz, so it's easy to find. Um, this guy is his brother. His name is Shin. They look the exact same. Um, it's really just an excuse to have the same character twice. Uh, and Shin helps them not get killed. Um, He is secretly on their side. And then he tells Spike that both Spike and Julia are in danger because Vicious is going to be executed. Um, Spike is surprised to hear that Julia is in danger because I I don't think he's heard confirmation that she's still alive up until this point. And um, then Shin tells Spike to head to a place called uh, Tharsis or Tarsus. I'm not sure how they pronounced it. Mm-hmm. So, um, by the way, there's a, uh, a pretty cool, um, article that I found about Cowboy Bebop. Tell me about um, it. and, uh, it, it comes up here when they talk about Shin and, uh, Lynn, 
Um, and the biggest thing that they talk about inside of here is that Cowboy Bebop, if you distill it down, is a total of 10 plot-relevant episodes of a show. So if you take just those 10 episodes, um, I believe you have uh, the first episode, the episode where Faye is introduced, the episode where Ayn is introduced, the episode where Ed is introduced, um, then the Jupiter Jazz 1 and 2. Um, Alright, we're up to 6. It's, it's just... Yeah, we're going to probably uh, need to have like the one where Ed and Ayn leave, probably? Yeah, there's the Ed and Ayn leaving one. There's the um, then there's one the last they, two, which um, gets you to nine. Yeah, and then the other one is uh, uh, like it's like the Requiem episode where they fight inside that church. Oh yeah. Um, and they were like, if you just That's watch these five. ten episodes, um, it is just um, it it is just one main storyline that has like this really interesting like plot arc with no extra like character building episodes inside mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it's really cool that there's like the secret track of uh, Cowboy Bebop that makes complete and total sense and you don't lose anything. Um, and if you just wanted to watch the main arc, you could just watch that. That's really um, cool. That, that, that makes perfect sense, too, because it's like that's the A plot. And then the B plot is like mm-hmm. the random shit that happens in every episode. But yeah, and the B plot is good because the characters are so interesting and the stories are so well told that it's worth watching. Yeah, it's just a really, it's a really interesting way that they did this. And apparently the reason why is uh, because in uh, Japanese television, the way that um, you get picked up for um, for an entire arc of a season, um, you, you don't always get to um, uh, to pick like what episodes are running when or when your replays happen, what's going to happen. So he made these like 10 must run episodes in order. And then the rest of them you can just play whenever, so that people mm-hmm. can tune in um, to like those episodes if they want to, if they want like more of a deep cut, you know. Yeah, that's I think cool. it's just like a, it's a, it's an interesting little thing that they did. Um, I don't know if he, if he thought about it or if like the studio that's you know that bought it in the first place thought about it, but I think it's, I think it's kind of like a, a weird thing. And I also think that Lynn and Shen were the same fucking person in Me the too. original thought process of this show. Yeah. When I think like one of the one of the um uh the thought processes behind it is that this show really um this re- the show was really only supposed to be like 10 episodes long and Lynn and Shin were probably the same person but they killed him off because they were like well we can't have this really important character keep on popping up because we have a you know like 10 more episodes until the finale yeah i it definitely reads a little bit strangely it's kind of like a like a little bit of like a comic book style of hand waving for the sake of convenience where it's mm. like sometimes they just give you an explanation and you have to roll your eyes and roll with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was kind of one of those times, which is atypical for this show. Usually they are on top of their shit. This was one of those things where I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, but it definitely doesn't take you out of it. So I don't want to shit on it too much. Yeah. Um, also, um, I was I saw like an article talking about how Cowboy Bebop is 20 years old. And they were, t- they were basically yeah. like, it's better than ever. And I didn't read the article because I know. Um, but yeah, it's like a 20-year-old show. And it's still so good telling stories that feel fresh and relevant, 
even if they do have weird things like answering machines and VHS tapes in them. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so the, the things that happen after this, um, so we find out that, uh, the, the syndicate, um, is going around and they are murdering all the people that used to be part of the syndicate. Yeah. We get a great flashback that gives us a little bit of backstory on what Julia and Spike were up to. Um, so we see that he has decided at some point in the past to get out of the syndicate and they're kind of together in some way or another. And he asks her to come with him. And she basically is like, what are you going to do? Like they're going to come after you and try to kill you. And he's, he tells her that they can, they can vanish and they can go away and live a peaceful life together. And basically she's not into it because she doesn't think it's realistic, but his, his idea, he talks about how, like, they can live a dream life together. And she kind of is swayed by his his conversation to her. And then mm-hmm. you see, like, a brief interlude back in the present. And then we see another flashback. And this time it's between Julia and Vicious. And he is visiting her shortly after Spike visited her and telling her that they're not going to be able to get away. And is essentially like, you can stay here and survive. You can kill him yourself. Or if you go with him, I'll make sure you both are dead. Um, So she, and then we see her like tear up the card that he gave her and throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. So it's like her deciding to stay. And this is like that fateful moment where they finally split up and weren't together anymore. And that leads directly yeah. into him getting out of the syndicate because he mentions to her that he's going to make them think that they've killed him. Um, and that goes straight into a series of flashbacks that we saw much earlier in the show. Yeah. The the big thing that happens next is one of my favorite moments in Cowboy Bebop altogether, which is taking ridiculous characters and bringing them very I close to reality. loved this moment. It was so, so good. Faye is, Faye is hanging out at an airport, getting drunk and not wanting to do anything. She's listening to this uh, old woman that is behind her talk about how um, she doesn't know what she's going to do with her she's life. She's like muttering she to herself. Yeah, she's like, if they're not going to come pick me up, that's fine. Nobody wants to be with me anyways. Nobody cares about me. I'm just an old woman. What am I going to do with my life? Not knowing that the person listening to her is Faye, who is going through the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, she also says other relevant things to Faye, which is she, this woman is aware that she's supposed to be met here at the airport by like a family member or a loved one or something like that. And they're going to try and take her in because she's old. And she's talking to herself about how she doesn't want to be a burden to anybody. And she doesn't want to inconvenience anyone. And she wants to to be in charge of herself. Um, mm-hmm. Partly so she, that she has that independence and that responsibility. But partly because she doesn't want to... She doesn't want anybody to be inconvenienced on, on her behalf, essentially. Yeah. And it's just... It hits so hard because it is so fey. Yeah. But then the and best then thing there happens. is an amazing, amazing thing that happens next, which is the old woman's son or grandson. I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure, yeah, sure I how think old it's her he son, is. but it's not um, clear. Yeah, he comes to pick her up and he's talking to her about how he doesn't have a job right now, but he's going to find another job. Um, and because then, uh, she's he's like, the guy that was the star of, of Big Shot. 
Yes, and he's like, um, he's like, yeah. What happened to that nice uh, the co-star that you had? And he's like, yeah, she's marrying her agent. And Faye turns around, and we find out that Faye is terrible at context clues because she is just like that person looks familiar. And I'm like, yeah. bitch, you watched him every day. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so sweet because like as soon as the son arrives, he's like, I really want you to move in with me. And she's like, the basically the mom is like, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, maybe she's just playing nice and then she'll, they'll get into it later. But it's kind of like, to me, it read as this moment of this woman, like, she's afraid because something is uncertain and something is changing. And she doesn't want to lose this, like, independence and she doesn't want to inconvenience somebody. And then when he shows up, she loves him and he loves her. And, like, it doesn't become about being a burden or being an inconvenience or losing anything. It just comes to be about like the people that are important to you and what you do for people that you love. And like moments ago, she was muttering to herself about how she wasn't going to stand for this and she was going to put her foot down. And as soon as he appears, she melts into this warm, loving personality. And she's just like, yeah, that's great. Like we should live together. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's uh, like a realization where Faye is just like, She's a little bit frustrated by this, so she goes to uh, she goes to her ship. Um, while she's going to her um, while she's going to her ship, though, there is an introduction of Julia um, coming by inside of her car. Julia is being chased by members of the syndicate who are following her and shooting after her. So Faye, sort of instinctively pulls out her gun and shoots the syndicate vehicle in the tire so that it flips and is, is no longer an issue. And because she's way, helped there's out, a, there's hold on. There's a great moment, by the way, where she takes the shot and then the car flips over and then it cuts back to Faye. And she's just like, yes, like had this moment where she was like, I did not think that was going to work. <laughs> yeah. Also right before Julia drives by, Faye gets a call from Spike asking her to come back. And she's oh, like, fuck yeah. you. Why do you think I would want to come back and hangs up on him? And then immediately Faye gets involved. So, well, no, 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 no. Spike says, Spike says, come back to help me. And she's like, why? And he's like, I just need your help. You need to do this. And she's like, you can't control me. <laughs> yeah. Faye is really, she is the mom right now and she is trying to be independent and do her own thing, but she's not good at it. And she's yes. much better in this family setting and she just can't admit that to herself. So yeah. they, Julia stops the car for Faye to get in because now Faye has helped her and is kind of in this now. They drive away. Um, Faye shoots another car in almost the exact same way. Um, in like yeah. the same tire and it flips in basically the same way. And I was like, man, you really got this car flipping skill down. Like she definitely got the shoot a car to make it flip badge in Girl Scouts. And um, then they like pull over on the side of the road and they're talking. And Julia, they're kind of chit-chatting back and forth. And Faye re reveals that she's worked as a bounty hunter. Julia takes a lot of interest in that. And Faye's like, oh, I've been working with these people, but like we're not together now. Maybe I should just work with you and like we should just do like an only girls thing for a while. And oh my god, yes, please. I want the Julia and Faye as bounty hunter pair. I want that so badly. That would be so awesome. <laughs> so 
Well, anyway, it's not to be. <laughs> Julia Julia takes Julia takes Faye back to her ship, um, and uh, she tells Faye right before she gets out of the ship that she's like, when you see Spike again, tell him to meet me at the place. He'll know what I mean. And Faye's like, what? What the fuck did you just say? How did you know? And then she just kind of like drives off. And so Faye goes and back to the ship. And that she screams after Julia is literally, why do you know that? <laughs> It's like, it's insane. Yeah. So back on the ship. um, uh, It's story uh, time with Jet. (laughs) Yeah. So Jet is going to tell this story. Um, And uh, it's, isn't this the one about the cat? No, that's Spike's story. No, it's about the guy that's, yeah. This one is about the guy who talks about, um, who talks about his his uh, his one thing that he did inside of his life, and then um, as he's dying, he looks down and he sees Kilimanjaro. The place no, he that gets he's like injured wanted. in a desert or some shit, and then he gets yeah. picked up. I don't know. I, it was a real abstract story, yeah. but basically, and, it leads to this great moment because Jet tells the story, and then he's like, "I hate that story," and the reason I hate it is that men get obsessed with their pasts right before they're about to die. And then yeah. he Which, like looks he's at, totally at talking about Spike. Yeah, and Spike he, is. Uh, he turns to Spike and he goes, "Turn back." Yeah, and it it was like it was a big moment. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really great moments inside of this episode. Great imagery moments. Yeah, um, where they're going to um, talk about things. There's there's another one that's going to be coming up um, about the cat in the next episode, and I love so good. that story. So. Um, um, Jet tells Spike to turn back and Spike is like, there's this woman and she was a piece of me that I lost and she was what I was looking for and I found it and now she's yeah. back and Jet just knows that there's nothing he can say or do to make Spike turn her back from this. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Faye then comes to the Bebop. Um, she, by the way, has she's, led a whole bunch of fucking syndicate members to the Bebop. Yeah. She's um, also unknowingly. super bitchy about Spike, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, she's like, she, hey, Jet, where's the guy with the floppy hair? And he goes, do you mean Spike? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that one. And he goes, you know his name. Why are you being like this? <laughs> I I understand that completely because I have known... Uh, bitchy people in my day and not not naming anybody but excuse uh, you spencer person on the microphone right now i Um, will kill you (laughs) okay so um faye has led uh led everybody back to the bebop so they start attacking the bebop um we also see at the same time that the Bebop is starting to get attacked that Vicious um is about to be executed um when uh he his bird like flies into the middle of like an arena, the arena where the syndicate is and just fucking explodes. Yeah. Uh, it like bursts into like grenades or something and they're like smoke grenades, I think. But then one of the dudes that was in the firing line to execute vicious was like a double agent and he shoots the other guys and then shoots the shackles off of vicious. So he's able to escape vicious gets his sword out and they kill basically everybody else. And now yeah. Vicious is the king, and he's in charge of the Red Dragon. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, While this is happening uh, on the Bebop. Um, Faye has told uh, Spike that Julia said that. Um, he, Sp- Faye has told Spike that somebody told him. Uh, told no, she her says Julia. Is no, no, be no. Waiting she for does- him. 
No, she doesn't first. She tells that to Jet. She says this woman named Julia. Then she tells Spike that she's like, this person said to come meet you and you would know where it is. And then he's like, I don't know who that is. I don't know where that would be. And she's like, it's, she said her name is Julia. And Spike is like, what? Yeah. That's what awesome. happens. And then Spike <laughs> goes out uh, to dogfight the ships that are attacking them. Faye goes to help. Faye, her ship is already damaged, and um, it becomes more damaged in the dogfight. The Bebop gets hit by, like, lots of missiles. Like, it's not destroyed or anything, but it's not in good shape. And essentially, like, they manage to destroy all the ships attacking them. And then Jet tells Spike to go after the thing that he's lost. He says, go and grasp the thing you've lost. We'll be okay back here. And Spike goes off. And then he arrives in this cemetery and you, we, I don't think we mentioned this earlier, but in the flashback we saw when Spike was initially telling Julia that they were going to get out of the syndicate, he was like, we're going to meet in the cemetery. I'll be alive, of course, because she had expressed that she was afraid he would be killed. And he's like, no, I'll be alive, but we're going to meet in the cemetery and then we'll leave for our life together there. So now in the present, they meet in the cemetery and then Julia pulls a gun on him, and that's the end of Real Folk Blues Part One. Yeah, real for real, real folk, um, real, real folk blues. Raja, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Barbara Walters part. <laughs> Man, if y'all haven't watched Thirty Rock, y'all should get on that shit. Ooh, Anyways, so um, so um. Julia has met uh, Spike inside of the cemetery, pulled a gun on him. Um, Spike is like, well, what are you going to do with it? And Julia is like, I was told that I either had to kill you or we would both be killed, and I couldn't do it. So she, like, drops her gun, and then they go into this embrace, um, and then they start to, like, uh, run off together to try to, like, um, go and get... uh, you know, some sort of semblance of uh, yeah, like basically money and ready to run ammunition away. so they could get away, you know? Yeah. Um, we, um, Vicious's coup has been successful, and then that's pretty much it for that scene. And then Spike and Julia go to a place that we've been before. It's um, You might remember that we've seen this woman named Annie a few times, and she runs a shop but also secretly she is an armory for bounty hunters and so they go to her shop um spike goes in and discovers that annie has been horribly injured it looks like she's been shot in the in sort of the sternum stomach area and she's bleeding and she's not she's not doing well um yeah so uh, Spike was like, who did this to you? What happened? And she's like, there's been a coup. Vicious has taken over. Um, it's worked. Uh, you need to get out of here. They're killing everybody who ever worked with Vicious before. Um, they know who you are and where you're going. And then um, for a moment, she notices Julia is peeking around the corner. And she's like, good. You found Julia. That's good. And that then she starts happy. to like fade. Yeah, she starts to fade away. And then um, Spike makes a decision to get a whole bunch of ammunition. And she's like, if we're running away and we're going to spend our lives together, we're not going to need all of these guns. And he's like, well, this is just to get out. Um, it, no, he doesn't say anything. Thing. What? He doesn't say anything. She's like, if we're running away, we don't need we don't need this. 
like he starts putting together a bag and pulling out all this ammunition. She goes, you don't need that to run away. And then he just doesn't say anything and he keeps doing what he's going to do. And then Mm -hmm. she goes, well, I'm going to come with you and I'll be there with you until the end. And then he's like, I'm going to make a scene. And then we go into a cutaway and it's Jet and Faye on the bebop and they're they're kind of grounded but they're talking about what's going on jet is doing his classic thing where he's like i don't like that person anyway and he's bad mouthing spike because he's upset that spike is gone and then he asks um he asks faye what julia was like and faye's like she's just like a normal girl but she's entrancing and she reminded me of a devilish angel or maybe an angelic devil. Yeah. Um, the syndicate then attacks Annie's place. Um, there is a huge shootout uh, back and forth, back and forth. Um, they are n- knocking people out um, left and right. And then while they're running across the top of this, uh, this building where Annie's place is, um, you see a guy pull out um uh a gun aim it at spike then at julia he then goes to fire then spike turns and fires at the same time we see first the guy gets shot that was shooting at julia and then julia obviously getting shot and her falling forward slowly and so like slowly super slow flying behind her and um i will say the very first time that i saw cowboy bebop this is the first time that I like openly cried while watching a cartoon that wasn't really? a Disney movie. Um, it was, it was so heart wrenching for me because yeah. I had grown so attached to Spike Spiegel. Um, and he finally got the thing that he had been fighting for this entire time. And if he just gets on that ship, he's out. And he just can't even get there before it's yeah. taken away from him. Um, and there's there's a couple more scenes where um, Jet and Faye are looking for Spike, and then Spike reappears back on the Bebop um, right well, after. I want to um, um, take a pause for a second and kind of address what you said, because yeah. um, I have a little note in here. And what it is is essentially... Um, sometimes you get a really cheap death in media, and I think you see this a lot um, in blockbuster movies, and you'll see it in various shows here and there, where you get a you get a character introduction, and then maybe you get a little bit of information about them, or they're around for five minutes, and then they get killed. And it's played up like this big fucking tragic thing, and it, it would be, but unfortunately we haven't been given enough time or context to care that much. And so there's this real dissonance where the show wants to slow down and be hella sad about this person being killed, but the viewers are not invested in them. Um, So you get this major dissonance. Cowboy Bebop almost has this problem with Julia because she has been more of a symbol than a character. And the way that they dodge around it is because what you have to do if you have a character who is going to be killed, but you haven't put the time in to endear the audience to that character, and you want their death to matter, then you have to show what their death means to the characters that they do care about. And that's exactly what happens here. 
This was everything to Spike. This is everything he's been working for. So even though, like, honestly, if you ask me who Julia is as a character, I can give you a little bit of information, but it's not that much. Like, she's kind of an enigma, and that's sort of how the show plays her. And it's really hard yeah. to know who she is for real. We just know that she yeah. she has a draw on this person because she matters to him. And then yeah. she dies, and you just see what it does to him. I will also say that the way that they do their shots, the pacing through this sequence, plays it up really well as as well. And it's done in this mm-hmm. really artistic and beautiful way, rather than being done in sort of like an overdone or heavy-handed way. So it plays really beautifully, and it is... It is the way to kill off a character that we don't know very well and make us feel it. And I yeah. I love that you said that about this being the moment that got you and the reason why it got you, because that exactly elucidates the point here. So like if you're a writer or a creator, like and you want to have one of these moments with a character that hasn't earned it, this is how you earn it. And you only need to build her up from two episodes of the show. Yeah, I mean honestly she's... if She's if you background. had never seen the show before, if you had never seen the show and you were just watching two episodes and you wanted to grow and fall in love with the character because of how somebody else feels about her, then all you need is these two episodes where That's Spike true. is giving his whole heart about uh, heart out. And you realize, too, you have this great moment where, like, he, Spike has this whole other life with these people. He has started this entire life. He told Jet that he's died once before, and he lost everything that he had, so he's starting his whole life over. And yeah. the moment that he finds out that this part of his other life is still alive, he drops fucking everything to go get it. Yeah. And it just shows you how much this person means to him. And how much he is willing to give up just to get her back, even for, like, just a moment. And that's why, when we go into the next scene, and we have Spike returning back to the Bebop, all it is, and you realize while you're watching it, that the only reason he just doesn't go straight back and just go fight Vicious one more time so that he can kill him, is for two reasons. Number one, to say goodbye as somebody who knows he's about to go to his death. And number two, to get the shit that he needs in order to kill Vicious. Yeah. There's only two things that he is going for here. And yeah. they know it. Like, Jet tells this whole story about, like, well, how he, much he hates cats. <laughs> Jet? No, it, that's Spike's story. Oh, sorry, Spike. Yeah, Spike tells this whole story a, about, There's like, a scene before this where Jet goes to visit the, like, the uh, sort of Native talking. American guy. His um, name is Walkin' Talkin'. And he... Um, he tell he basically tells Jet that like Spike is gonna die. Um, he says like when somebody's born, a star is born, and when somebody dies, that star falls, and his star is about to fall. And Jet yeah doesn't want to hear it, and he basically is like, I can't believe that. And the guy goes, You you're afraid, and you can't be afraid of death. If you are afraid, death will find you. But if you're not afraid, it will look on you and perhaps pass you by. And it's this great setup for this, like, slight ambiguity you get at the end. Yeah. And we're going to get some more ambiguity that is not really ambiguous in the very final scene. But first, we are going to have a couple of really upsetting goodbyes. Yeah. Um, the Kitty first cat story one time. Is, <laughs> yeah. So Spike tells this whole story about how, like, these, um, about this cat. And then it ends with Jet talking about how much he doesn't like cats. Um <laughs> And, no, it's Spike um, talking about how he doesn't like cats. 
God, it, I keep on... I'm... Yeah, so it, it mirrors the story from earlier. So earlier, Jet tells a story that's not... It's not a great story about something. And then he goes, I hate that story. Here's why. And here's what it means to you. And then in this, Spike tells a story. And basically the story is there's a cat. It has a lot of lives. It basically, it keeps coming back to life. And then it meets this other cat. And they live together. That cat dies. And then the cat... Um, cries a lot and then dies and doesn't come back. And then Spike goes, I hate that story because I don't like cats. And then they both laugh because it's a perfect, it's a a perfect callback and inversion of what you do. Or I think the term is subversion. So in they're directly repeating what happened earlier from jet to spike where he tells a story and then he doesn't like it. And then there's a, a life lesson between them about why he doesn't like it. But in this instance, yeah. the reason Spike doesn't like it is that he doesn't like cats. But it's the yeah. story that was poignant and not the lesson. And so there's so, this underlying thing, and then they laugh. And then Jet is like, are you doing this for the woman? And Spike is like, there's nothing that I can do for a dead woman. And then he turns and he leaves. Yeah. And Ooh, uh, in the hallway, he gets up. caught by... Yeah. In the hallway, he gets caught by Faye. Faye then has a conversation about how she's like, I've lost everything. I don't want to lose you. You don't have to do this. And then Spike has one of my favorite lines in the entire show where he talks about his two eyes. And he's like, I lost one of my eyes. um, And that's my eye that lives in the past. And I have another eye that lives in the present. And when I'm caught between the present and the past, it makes everything feel like a dream. And I've been living in the stream, and I ne- I've I've never known if I'm awake or in reality or not. Um, and what which is a theme we have get... seen several times in the show. Yeah, and one of the things that he's trying to get at here is that he's trying to tell Faye he's like, "Look, I'm finally awake, and it took this much for me to know that I have something that I have to do." Um, and I'm not just going to keep on like fucking around and just playing around um, yeah. doing this bounty hunter thing because it's a way to kill time. And so he leaves Faye. She's completely but broken. She gives us enough, she gives us the completion of her character arc right yeah. before he leaves. And she says, I got my memory back, but it wasn't a good thing because I had nowhere to go except yeah. for here. And she has been running and she's been one foot out the door the entire series. And now she says, this is my home. This is the only place there is for me. And she's like, why do you have to leave if you're going to, and are you going to die? And he goes, I have to leave to see if I'm really alive. And then he's gone. Yeah. It's just, it is. Oh my God. This show. Amazing. (laughs) So So, there is the next scene. (laughs) And right now we're going to get real folk blues, the outro music, but it's going to play the whole song over this entire sequence for like the next four minutes. And it's so good. So one of my favorite things that I found out about this show is that when um, Yoko Kano and the seatbelts wrote this song uh, um, for this show, he picked out this song to be the final sequence in the show. And it is played in entirety without stopping. Yeah. Um, and it's great. So it, it is, is perfect. A, and I, we say this a lot on here that you need to just go out and you just need to watch stuff. 
but this is a perfect music video. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's great. Just fucking watch it. And it's and a, like, it's a really good culmination of like the emotions that we've been feeling is to just like have yeah. this music play and I have these events play out. Yeah. Um, and the sequence that's going to happen, uh, I'm going to give it to you really fast, but I'm, I'm legitimate here. Like pause the episode, go watch this again. If you haven't watched it in a long time, because I hadn't watched it in a long time yeah, me and either. it is still as effective as it was the very first time that I watched it. Yeah. Um, and then come back to us. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing that you just saw, I felt it too. When I watched it today, which is there's to get through it really fast. Spike is going to fight his way through an entire building, destroying all the people in the entire building that happens around it, which is one of the yeah. syndicate buildings. He uses and he grenades and uh, triggered bombs to his extreme advantage to make his way to the top. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet. Yeah. He's it's really clever and he does a great job and you feel yeah. like he's earning his way up instead of just going into God mode. Yeah, there's also um, a, a part where Shin saves him again, and then Shin gets killed, and then Shin's but like, Spike you have to do does this. does manage to get himself shot in the arm. Yeah, he gets shot in the arm, and he gets shot across the face, and he gets hit in the head um, by rubble, um, which causes which him to be bleeding over his left eye. Every time he faces off against Vicious, he's injured in some way, and this yeah. is no exception. Um, and it's because Vicious puts all the shit in the way of Spike, including a giant bomb that triggers when you open a door that Vicious has put there to stop Spike from getting to him. Um, and the bomb goes off. It opens up this hole in the ceiling. Uh, Vicious is standing at the top of this like staircase. Spike is at the bottom of it. And uh, Vicious, uh, Vicious says, I'm the only person that could kill you um, and lead you to the afterlife. And Spike's like, that goes for you, too. And they have this great fight scene that happens really fast. Yeah, and it's the, not long. What, it's very quick. And it's really yeah. more about like what's been going on and what this means rather than having like an epic showdown. Yeah. And it's one of those things that um, is talked about by the creator of the show, um, which is another thing that's uh, that's echoed in Samurai Champloo, another show that you should definitely uh, vote on, which is done by the same creator of Cowboy Bebop. And uh, one of those things that happens inside of there is that gunfights and sword fights happen way faster than people give them credit inside of anime. And when it really comes down to it, they're all often over in an instant. Yeah. Um, Usually so, when you're watching an anime, a fight is an event. And when you're watching yeah. a shonen anime, which is the, the action anime, usually you think about Bleach, you think about Naruto, like the story is leading up to the fight. And then the fight is an event in and of itself. And it's about what can this person do? Let's learn about what they can do. Maybe we'll learn about yeah. them as a character or their backstory. We're going to see some back and forth. Like this fight is going to be a thing. And with Cowboy Bebop, it's about the characters and the story that they're living and the fights are just these they're played more for realism. So they are flashes. They are quick moments. They are over quickly. They have major consequences. Yes. Major consequences, including um, uh, they decide that it has to end. Um, Spike has gotten his gun knocked out of his hand. Vicious has gotten his knife, his, um, his uh, sword, sword cu- knocked out of his hand. They have them either under each other's feet. Then they kick them back to each other to have a final moment. 
Uh, Spike shoots. Fish is dead. Vicious cuts across Spike's stomach. Um, Spike is gushing out blood and starts walking down the staircase very slowly. And, and we have a final goes flashback. From, like, really dark to really washed out as he walks down. Yeah. And we have our final flashback, and it's the fi- it's the last thing that Julia said to him, which she said, "This is all just a dream." And then it cuts back to Spike. He's looking down at all the syndicate members that are looking up to him. He raises his finger and he says, bang. He does like a finger gun at them and goes bang. And then he falls. Yeah. And then the credits play. And it's just, it's not the, it's not the real folk blues. Cause we just had that as our, as our, um, montage underscore. It is a deeper shade of blue is the name of the song. Um, and it plays and they play, I don't know if they play the whole thing, but they play it for quite a while and it does a very slow pan up past the guys in the foyer, past the skyline, to the sky, past the atmosphere, to the stars. And as it finally slowly fa- like scrolls past the stars, it like centers on this one star that's glowing brightly and it flickers and flashes a few times and then we cut to a shot of Spike's face. And it it's just ambiguous enough because we see Spike fall, but we don't see him die. And we see the star shining brightly, but it doesn't fall. Yeah. Man, this show is so good. It's so good. <laughs> and we're we're done with it now. This is so weird. I mean, we've finished one punch man, but I still don't really know how to handle it when we finish a show. Yeah. Um, especially um, a show like this one that gets you. Yeah. So, um, stick Whew. with us. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about the next episode after the credits, which is um, way but... less intense. And, uh, also uh, remember if you want to vote, we, uh, the time is now, if you have been waiting to vote or if you've been putting it off or if you've been forgetful, um, go ahead and vote. You can reach us on many different social media channels. We're going to provide that information for you here in a second. And then in four weeks, there will be a new show in place of Cowboy Bebop that you're voting on. Um, we're probably going to be announcing that show next week or the one after it. So um, I don't know how much time you have left, but it's not that much. And if you want to get your votes in, get them in now. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're... <laughs> it's too emotional. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. (laughs) Why did they have to take Spike?